Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. And away we go. It is Super Bowl week, my friends. It's Carmen and Yurk. Welcome in. We're live in our State Street studios. You can listen on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen over the air, AM 1000 and FM 100.3 HD2. And, of course, you can watch the show live. Just go to YouTube. Follow the station's YouTube channel. Click and subscribe. You'll get notifications. Lots of videos. Eric Ostrowski just asked us a very difficult question for the YouTube uh, for a YouTube short that'll be coming out today or tomorrow that is about the NFL and a couple of guys in the Super Bowl and it was a tough question and we have to do it quickly you know you don't yeah. you don't get time to prepare you, you, you don't get a ton of time like, to that's, contemplate that's and think and break sound break down some stats that's tough but it was a good question I yeah. liked it but it was hard to answer there also a little bit of recency bias that would be in there I think you're probably in that right question, in that which question. makes you sit back and just contemplate for a moment. Very hard. You would have to. It's a responsibility of an individual to be able to sit back and think and not just react off the, you know, just off the cuff like that. That's why those YouTube uh, little shorts that we do are good. You, you'll get them if you subscribe. So make sure yeah. you subscribe to sure the subscribe. station's YouTube page. Uh, beautiful weekend we had. Muchacha. I was surprised to hear uh, that uh, the northern suburbs didn't have any sun. Danny Zetterman was shocked when I said, man, what a great, glorious, sunny day. I had a glorious he sunny said, day. He said, son, we didn't have sun. I was like, we live like... Maybe 12 miles apart? Yeah. We had sun maybe 15? Mm-hmm. It's like the sun was out the whole day yesterday. I you didn't sun. have sun? Do you see the weather for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? Yes. Maybe you have not. I but, have. But if you have, you'll find that you're going to be very, very happy on those days. Now, you might have a little precipitation, but that's what you're going to get in the late winter, early spring. Is what this what period I like to call this. Late winter, early spring, even though it's midwinter. It's, probably. it's midwinter. Yeah, it's midwinter, <laughs> but I'm calling it late winter. It just feels like late winter. Late winter. Early spring. Thursday is supposed to be beautiful. Uh, again, maybe some precipitation, but they're saying like 55, 58 degrees. Right. We are out and about on Thursday. We are. We're, we're going to like start the weekend super early. Forget super about Friday. early. We're doing it. It's Super Bowl weekend. Hip, hip, so hip. it's Super Bowl week leading into Super Bowl weekend. So we're going to be at Twin Peaks in Warrenville. Come hang with us this love Thursday. It. Have love lunch it. with us at Twin Peaks. Great. It's good stuff, Carp. Where do you want to start, my friend? Well, anywhere you want. Brown Pigs at the here. Senior Bowl. Big Z was down at the Senior Bowl. A lot of guys were. Tomorrow we will be joined by Andrew Siciliano. He spent the whole week for NFL Wonderful. Network at the Senior Bowl Good. in Mobile, Alabama. So Andrew will jump on tomorrow. A couple other guests uh, in the works that we're kicking around. Adam's got some feelers out to a few other people for the week to talk. Not only Super Bowl, but more importantly for Bears fans. Caleb, Senior Bowl, leading into the Combine here in a few weeks. The start of the new league year, a little over a month away. And what are the Bears going to do? Brad Biggs let off his weekend column, his thought number one, with what he was hearing most frequently at the Senior Bowl in his time down there last week. And as Biggs wrote it in the Chicago Tribune, the general thought amongst NFL executives and general managers with whom he spoke is that the Bears are drafting a quarterback at number one and that in all likelihood it will be Caleb right. Williams. And that's the mindless thought right there. If you're being asked what some other organization is going to do, what are you going to do? Caleb Williams is the number one rated player. He's quarterback. The Bears have the first pick. Yeah, you're just sort of some, connecting some, the dots without some, really. Some 
reporter from that town is coming to hassle me while I'm over here trying to watch stuff, what do you think my answer is going to be? Biggs is not a hassle. It'll be, How dare it, you? It'll be less thought than some of the answers that we give on our YouTube page. Okay? <laughs> oh, no, you're taking the quarterback. Caleb Williams' first pick, period. Now m- move along and just put a tally down next to that one. Talk to uh, some of my other constituents here. You're going to get 78 of the same answers. Come on. They don't give a rat's ass what Chicago's doing. Mm. Yeah, they'll give you the pat answer, the simple answer, the non-thought answer. There's no real nuance to an answer you're getting from a, another NFL uh, a front office guy from another team. Please. It's an exercise in futility. Uh, okay. I don't believe anything that I got from that. Okay. That's what they believe. That's the consensus. That's the crap. No. The- I care about one guy's thoughts, Ryan Pulse. That's the only guy I care about. He's the most important guy to care about right That's now. right. Uh, thought number two, Biggs, he was writing about a great debate that would be had even if the Bears didn't own the top pick. They stumbled into that one thanks to a trade last year and the Carolina Panthers being awful in 2024. And he writes about nine and what's going to happen. In an ideal world, the Bears could recoup a second-round pick to make up for the one they lost when they when they traded for Montez Sweat. Not sure how realistic that is, though, unless they're comfortable trading way down in round one. If you look at the Rich Hill draft value chart, and that's not the pitcher, Rich Hill. It's a different Rich Hill, Yurko. Rich Hill is not moonlighting as an NFL draft expert, just in case you were wondering, okay? The ninth pick is worth 387 points. The closest match in round one would be the Rams, who have number 19 and the number 51 pick overall in the second round. The Pittsburgh Steelers would also be a close match at 20 and 52. Sure, the Bears could bundle more picks with nine to get a higher pick in round one and maybe a second rounder back. The primary takeaway here is they would need a team that's really motivated to get up to number nine, and there's a good chance the return package would not include a second rounder. All that leads me to believe there's a greater likelihood that Poles is more inclined to stay where he is or consider only a small trade down. He needs his second round one pick to be a hit, and moving down a good ways in round one would turn that selection into more of a lottery ticket. Back to the positions that could be in play here. Wide receiver, offensive tackle, and edge rusher. I think polls would lean towards getting an offensive player to support the quarterback. I expect the Bears to take at the top of the draft. The Bears invested heavily on defense last offseason and in free agency and in the draft, and this is an excellent draft for wide receivers and offensive tackles. Going to need to protect their quarterback, a GM said when chatting about the possibilities for the Bears at number nine. Quote, I'd look at linemen. If that's the case, it's worth wondering if the Bears would experiment with Darnell Wright, their 10th pick overall last year, at left tackle. Maybe they land a day one starter at left tackle in this draft, but there are some intriguing prospects who need developmental time. And in that scenario, perhaps the Bears would want to see what Wright looks like on the left side. If Poles is seeking an immediate impact player, who can help a rookie quarterback right away. Perhaps he goes the wide receiver route. There probably isn't a wrong decision because he will have lots of options. What do you think about Bigsy speculating that maybe Darnell Wright gets a look over at the left side? Would you contemplate that at all? Or would you, if you want to upgrade that position, if you don't totally believe in Braxton Jones, would you just want to draft one and leave Darnell Wright where he is at right tackle? I'd leave Wright at right tackle. That's what you drafted him for. Yeah, you drafted him as right tackle. And he was off. And if you're excuse gonna, me, he was yeah. awfully good there. And and, and if you're going to do your thing over there, then you got to throw your PFF grades in the garbage. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? You told me that at that left side, Braxton Jones ranked very well in the passing. Besides what the eye test told you, 
Um, I, I think he was somewhere around the top 30 again. Yeah. Uh, yeah so well, I thought at some point he was third. At some point you told me they ranked him third at during mm, last year. Did I? So, I mean, I, that's what you, you had said. And I, I said, well, that's a little high. I, uh, I, I just kind of naturally did one of these, like Rodney Dangerfield, <laughs> you know, where you adjust the neck a little bit and go, wow, that's a little bit high. I'll give you their end of season grade in a second. Let me, let me pull it up. Yeah, not a problem. But I'm just, you know, some of that then you can't believe. They also told you Darnell Wright was terrible. Last year. His grade might be lower than some would expect. Okay. I don't disagree with you. Okay. I, I, I think, as you pointed out, he also, in all likelihood, played like the last eight games of the year with one shoulder. <laughs> so, But I, I think he is also better than what his grade was. Yeah. I thought he was better. Um, so I don't know who the hell is grading the film from PFF. Braxton Jones. 24-year-old kid that's got parameters on a piece of paper. Okay, uh, so if you go with the minimum snap requirement, if you go with the 20%, Snap requirement? Yep. I'm looking at, I'll tell you right now, Yerk, I'm looking at 85 graded tackles, okay? 85. Braxton Jones graded out number 31. All right, go with with guys that played 70% of the downs. All right, hold on one second. Not 20% of the downs. All right, hold on. Most offensive lines. You want 50% or 80? I can only only, do 80%. 80%. All right. That's only 18 players. Okay. Uh, Darnell Wright was 15th out of the 18. All right, go to 50%. Okay, because yeah, Braxton's not going to be on there. He didn't play enough. Uh, well, how many games did Braxton miss? So uh, go to 50%. I'll go to 50 right now. I mean, I he didn't miss half the season. 50%. Oh, he'll definitely be in here. You have 56 graded players now, and Braxton Jones, Yurko, is... I'm going to do that trick Adam showed me. Hold on. Yeah, type Thanks, in the Adam. name. It'll get you exactly where you need to be. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. Oh, that's not working on this page for some reason, Adam. I don't know what Control I F. I don't know what Blame I did. Adam. Yeah. There it goes. Good job, I got Adam. It. I got it. Now, now I got it. Oh. It's up there now. Braxton. He hit the right buttons. He's mashing. He's mashing the keyboard, guys. 26, Yurko. And, and Darnell Wright? Darnell Wright. Let me go back to the... Uh, Go back to your little thing. Oops, oops, sorry. So 26 of guys spell. that played at least half the downs. 45. Out of 56. And the other one was? Uh, I just told you 26, I said, right? Yeah. So Braxton Jones had a better year than Darnell Wright? That's what that's telling me, right? Their pass block grades in terms of their pass block grades, yes. Remember what I told you to do with PFF? Throw it in the garbage. Long time ago I told you that. Okay. They're not not near... Near close, not infallible. Well, they're do you not want close though to what, the players. What happens if I know I, his run rate is a whole lot better, Darnell? Right, much better. Yeah, I know that. What if I gave you the top ten, and you found out that they're the top ten? You'd say are the best top ten tackles, in right? The but I'm then not. What worried, would you say? I'm not worried about the top ten tackles. Them are the ones that are apparent to your eye. There's well, but, a little bit more nuance There's when a you correlation. slip to twenty five. Though when you slip to twenty five, what I'm telling you is, I can get Joe Blow from the stands to tell you who the top ten tackles are in the league. Yeah, but, but there's when a you're correlation. Differentiating, when you're differentiating between the 22nd best tackle, who would be probably the 11th best tackle because you're going one aside, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the 50th, well, there's a little bit more nuance in okay. the middle there. And it's somebody, the uh, discretionary eye is the one that needs to be counted on in that situation. Okay. All but right. That's I mean, what that, they're trying to tell me. I, and I'm just like, no, I don't believe that. I do find it like somewhat curious, though, if you're going to be so dismissive that if you look at the top handful of guys who had the best pass blocking grades, you go, yeah, those are the best players. 
Tristan Wirfs is the best tackle in the league. Tyron Smith, Christian Darisaw, Larry I the, Tunsil. I thought the kid from San Francisco was the best tackle. Trent in the Williams, league. he's in the top ten. Okay, Trent, Trent's in there. I mean, that group of guys, you'd probably Rashawn Slater. Yes, he's certainly one of the five did, or did six. Did he play this year? Yes, Rashawn Slater. Yeah, the one with San Diego, right? Yeah, he missed last year. San Diego. I'm talking about the uh, Chargers. Chargers. Yes. Yeah, Chargers. he missed last year. He played this year. Okay. He played every game, I think, this year. He's great. I'm like, just making sure he was healthy, that's all. So, I don't know. I find Wirfs. it odd that, you know, Tristan Wirfs is incredible. He had an incredible season. Number two on the list. So, I don't know. I wouldn't be totally dismissed. Where's my guy from Frisco? Eighth. Trent Williams finished eighth. Uh, overall grade, he might be a little higher. That's just their pass block grade. Uh, you know, the guy who finished with the best overall grade, Panay Sewell. Makes sense. Yeah, well, He's phenomenal. You, you like him, don't you? He's great. I like him. Uh, if I'm going over... He was at the Pro Bowl. Go overall grade for your two tackles. Okay. And see where they both ranked out. All right. I will do that for you. Darnell Wright, 43 out of 56. And his his run back block grade, by the way, I think was was uh, considerably better. Mm-hmm. And So uh, overall grade, 43rd. 40, uh, 46th. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 43rd. You're right, you're... Mm-hmm. And Braxton Jones, 28th. Okay. But you That's don't want to hear you. you think Darnell's had a better year. By far. Not even remotely close. By the way, Braxton missed six games this year. Did he? So, yeah, he missed six games. He's getting a sandwich. What happened? No, he had the injury from training camp. I don't know what injury it was. you got to tell me. Uh, what? That was a long time ago. I know. How did anybody get hurt in training camp the way they played? What did Braxton hurt, guys? I'm trying to remember. I remember that. on their toughest physical day, <laughs> they barely touched each other. You couldn't have broken egg in between them shoulder pads. <laughs> Wasn't it? Or did he get hurt? I'm trying to remember now when Braxton got hurt. Did he I, miss a middle chunk? He might 64 have was hurt. Listen, that offensive line neck is injury. better. Neck injury. It was a neck injury. That offensive line is better if they can be one cohesive unit in the offseason and go straight through. Yeah, they didn't have too much of it. You understand? That. They didn't have any of it with Davis last year. No. And then Jenkins, who doesn't love the practice, and everybody knows that. Yeah. Okay? So, if you don't get it, then you had Whitehair, who couldn't snap the ball. Yep. Doesn't bother a lot of quarterbacks, but it bothered our quarterback 100% for sure. He also got hurt in season. Yeah. Then you yeah, had was it? Was it the Tampa game? Adam, I'm trying to remember now. Uh, it's so long yeah. ago. He got Tampa hurt in the Tampa game. There then you go. Then you had Lucas Patrick who came in and just could go backwards very fast. And then the other guy is the guy with the the mullet that came in that traded for. Seventh-round pick. Feeney. Feeney, who they never played. You know who played. Until the end of the season. You know who played in all the games. Darnell Wright. Yeah. Even though he was busted up. Yep. And his performance probably dipped in the back half of the season because of it. And Darnell didn't miss many snaps this year. You're, yeah, the right re- tackle. The left guard, I am not very concerned about on this offensive yeah. line. And I think if we can get Dayton A. Davis sitting there sticking around for an extended period of time. I give Darnell Wright a lot of credit. He did not miss many snaps at all this year. Yeah. If you want to talk Bears and NFL with us, uh, you can ring us up at 312-332-3776. Some interesting stuff to play from over the weekend and today. Everybody talking about uh, the Bears. They're, you know, they're in the pole position here in a lot of ways. They control the board going into the draft. Um, and this offseason in a lot of ways. So I want to play some different sound from experts, from Caleb Williams' college coach that I heard on Good Morning Football this morning, uh, and just a few other things from the weekend because every day there's something else. Caleb doesn't want to go there. Caleb does want to go there. The Bears are going to trade the pick. The Bears aren't going to trade the pick. Cliff Cliff Kingsbury's in Washington. That means they're trading uh, with the commanders. There's a lot of that going around. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. Working from home, we're back in the 
office? Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Enjoy these nice mild temps. I think Darnell right only missed three snaps, I think, looking at uh, the game logs from last year's rookie. Played a lot of it with a, a bum shoulder down the stretch. It was impressive. All right, it's Carmen and York live in our State Street studios. Andrew Siciliano from the NFL Network will join us tomorrow, kind of recap some of the things they took in from the Senior Bowl. Uh, Dan Graziano this morning on Get Up was talking about, of course, the Bears, the Commanders. You know, made a little bit of a, made a little splashy headline this week when Cliff Kingsbury, who at one moment appeared destined for the OC job in the Ra- in uh, with the Raiders in Vegas, Pulled himself out of consideration. By the way, you know who got that job? Luke Getze is the Raiders OC. Yeah, coordinator out there. Took his run, took his name out of the running there and went to join Dan Quinn in Washington. And that sends off the alarms right away. Like, oh, he was with Caleb last year at USC and Caleb's from Washington. And here we go. They're doing this because they know they're going to go up one spot and trade with the Bears and draft Caleb Williams. Because Caleb doesn't want to come to Chicago and he only wants to go back home to D.C. And his dad's not going to let him go anywhere else. It's like it's nonstop. Dan Graziano this morning. Will the Commanders go all in for Caleb? This was on ESPN on Get Up. Take a listen. It had already been out there for a while that, that the new ownership in Washington has been sort of interested in the idea of can you get Caleb Williams, local kid, make a big splash. Again, new ownership, you know, trying to establish something uh, there in D.C. So that will be out there. The question, of course, becomes can they do it, right? If the Bears are set on taking Caleb Williams, then this isn't going to happen. Uh, it reminds me of 2020 when the Bengals had the one pick and the Dolphins and some other teams were making overtures to try and go up and get the one pick and take Joe Burrow, and mm-hmm. the Bengals just said no to everybody because they were sure that's who they wanted. Now, are the Bears as sure on Caleb Williams? Might they keep Justin Fields? Would they be okay with trading back to two and taking Drake May? Uh, that's all going to float out there for a while, and, and Bears GM Ryan Poles, who went through a similar situation to this last year, is going to look at all his options. I'm, I'm confident of that. Also important to note that Drake May, who I think a lot of people think could be the second quarterback taken, yeah. uh, played at North Carolina for a coach named Phil Longo, who was the offensive coordinator there for a while, who runs kind of an air raid style offense similar to uh, what Kingsbury runs. So it could be that Drake May could play in a Kingsbury system too. But to your point, yes, the speculation now you know, gets going full speed. There's some good points there by Graziano. It doesn't matter what Washington's thinking if the Bears like, love Caleb Williams. Right. Doesn't the Bears, matter. The Bears would stay. They could hire his dad. They could bring in his second cousin twice removed. Doesn't matter. And I like how he brought up the scenario from a couple of years ago when, wouldn't you know it, the Bengals actually did something right. Bengals said, no, Joe Burrow. They, they stood pat. Yeah, we, we think Joe Burrow's going to be a stud. And they were right. Joe Burrow is a stud. So if you do your evaluation and you find yourself Watching Caleb Williams going, he's he's just too good. That doesn't matter what Washington's doing. The Bears have the first pick. They will be taking him. So a good point made. Yeah, it doesn't matter what Washington, New England wants to do. None no. of it. The Giants. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Atlanta, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what any of them want to do. Because if the Bears want him, they love Caleb Williams, they think he's the next guy, the big prize, then they're going to take him. Yes. That's it. I would also add, Cliff Kingsbury didn't recruit Caleb Williams. No, he did not. He was it was Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Lincoln Riley's the one that recruited him to Oklahoma. And the moment Lincoln took the SC job, 
immediately Caleb went into the transfer portal and wanted to transfer to, to USC. Yeah. So, like, if Lincoln Riley took the commander's offensive coordinator job, <laughs> then perhaps I would connect some dots. We'd go nuts. If he was being hired or interviewed as the new head coach of the commander's, I would maybe be concerned, but it's Cliff Kingsbury. He was an offensive uh, analyst. Right. He wasn't even the coordinator. Right. If you're going to go down only one spot, too, realistically, I mean, the only thing you're going to get is either the 36th or the 40th pick. You're only moving one spot. You probably would have, yeah. You're not getting a haul. The, the, the 40th pick is the Bears pick. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> That's the pick they gave them I, for I the mean, sweat deal. You'd be ripping them off if you got the two and then the two second round picks. I mean, you'd really be taking advantage of them. To think there's anything more, you're not dealing with Ryan Pace here. You understand what I'm saying? Ryan Pace is not the general manager that's trying to move up one spot who gets fleeced of everything. And you're not dealing with uh, David Tepper, the, right. the mercurial yes. nutty owner in exactly. Carolina. It's a good point. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad Chris brought up Lincoln Riley. He was a guest this morning on Good Morning Football, Yerk, on the NFL Network. Chris just said the minute he left and he took the USC job, guess who followed him? Lincoln Riley talked about that, what went into Caleb's decision, and why he certainly didn't have to do that at the time, considering the state of the USC program when Lincoln Riley was recruited to go coach there and take over. This is a pretty good chunk. This is about 90 seconds, but listen to this. This is Lincoln Riley this morning, a few hours ago, talking about Caleb Williams on Good Morning Football. Well, I think one of the things that, that the teams could point to, and, and listen, we all know there's a there's a reason, you know, if you're drafting that early, there's there's a reason why. You know, you can look at, you know, the courage that this guy had. Um, you know, when, when he left Oklahoma, he certainly, you know, he could have went a lot of different directions. Um, he could have went to programs that were more, Certainly more seasoned and further along than, than coming out with us to USC to, to restart really in every way possible. Uh, but that's the route that he chose. And he, you know, obviously was a huge part of, of us being able to, to get this thing off the ground here in the first few years. Did a tremendous job, um, not only playing, but just, just leading and, and, uh, you know, really kind of inspiring his teammates. And, and I think that courage to step in that situation when he could have gone into a lot of others. You know, it says a lot about him, the competitor, and, and the fact that there's no challenge that, that you know, he feels like that, that he can't, you know, be a part of overcoming. And so I think that's a that's a, a great piece of his mentality. It's a great insight into who he is. And, and certainly when you combine that with the, the elite physical skills that he has, you can see why you know, a lot of people are excited about him. And, and the fun thing for this guy is, like, he's still a young player. Like, he's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he he's got a lot of ball left. I, you know, a lot of people don't know he didn't play a senior year of high school because of COVID. You know, and he didn't play uh, for us in Oklahoma until the second half of his freshman year. So, like this guy's still got a long ways to go in his climb, and that's going to be fun to watch him as he uh, takes that step into the next level. As an interesting, I think, breakdown about Caleb Moore, just kind of who he is, and not necessarily the football player. They're all going to probably sing the praises of the great player that helped them win a lot of games. Look, we know how this goes, right? The week after the Bears drafted Mitchell Trubisky in 2017, we had Larry Fedora on. You remember, Yerk? We had him on this show. Yeah. And Larry Fedora, of course, is... Larry Fedora was the coach at North Carolina. He coached Mitch Trubisky. Of course, Larry Fedora is singing the praises of Mitch. You guys are going to love him. You're yeah. so, I mean, he's this, he's that, he's that. As does every coach. And I, and I, and I get whose that. player you get. Every so, coach does. So it. I do get that. I understand that of Lincoln Riley adores Caleb Williams. You know, and so 
okay, let's check ourselves. Let's always remember that when you're when I play something like that, when we play something like that, or when when yeah. we hear it. But uh, that's I thought an interesting breakdown away from just what he is or isn't on the football field about. Look, this kid it took some guts to come follow us. We didn't know if we were going to be able to flip USC as quickly or if we'd win games. He could have maybe walked into a situation that was a little bit better. But he came, and think about what he helped establish. I know this year didn't didn't go the, the, the way they wanted. Chris is wearing some of his USC per- oh, I see it. <laughs> uh, uh, fan gear today. Oh, I know yeah. it didn't go the way people thought. I get it. But... They've won a lot of games the last couple of years, and to hear him singing the praises of a guy that followed him there when he certainly didn't have to, you know, maybe says a little something about who Caleb is. The only it, coach that ever ripped his player that was coming out who? was uh, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. Yes. The, the, it was um, the, Deshaun, uh, was it Deshaun? It was uh, Deshaun Kaiser, yeah. wasn't it? Wasn't it Deshaun yeah. Kaiser? Yeah. yeah. Yes. He shouldn't come out. Yes. This is a terrible move by yeah. him. He's going to be awful. He's not ready. You don't hear that often. So unless you get Brian Kelly on, you might get the truth about a player. Good call. Yeah. He did say, he's like, I don't know what he's doing. I think he's out of his mind. And yeah. yes, Deshaun Kaiser was terrible, obviously. Right. That's funny, Yurko. Good recall on that. Yeah, thank you. When do you... Now, let me ask you this. Pull up your recall. When did we know Eli Manning wasn't going to go to San Diego? Like, if this is true that Caleb's oh. dad and his camp don't want him coming here... Shouldn't we, like, one way or another, aren't they going to at some point come out and say it? Like, shouldn't we know that? When did we find out John Elway was not going to go to Baltimore? No, John, uh, John Elway was early. It, that's yeah. what I thought. He said he was going to play baseball. Because the if Yankees drafted me, him. I'm going to play baseball. Didn't he actually go to, like, their fall camp or something, he, if I'm he, remembering? He, I was very well, young. But. The, um, so the football season ends, and then baseball starts in spring training. So I believe at some point at spring training, he may have gone to a camp. That's what I that thought. That was before the draft. That's what I thought, right? yes. Let everybody know. But I think there's already a deal in place with the Colts. Remember the Colts got Chris Hinton? They did from Northwestern. Right. Yes. So it was one and wherever, and then that trade was made, and he went out to Denver. Not like at that time Denver was any big bargain either, you know? No, it really wasn't. Right. He kind of put Denver on the map, it's didn't not, he? It's not like he went to uh, L.A., New York, some big metropolis. But he yeah. wanted nothing to do with Baltimore. Nothing and it was, it was Baltimore, Baltimore at the time, right? It was yeah. pre-Indy move, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was I believe Baltimore. you're right. Yeah, in 83, I think it was pre-Indy. And he, and he wanted nothing to do with Baltimore. But like Yurko said, we knew that early. That was a big story. Right. When did we know Eli and, and Archie were like, nope, not, don't do it, San Diego's. We're not coming here. I mean, it, like, I know the draft's still a little bit of ways, but... Yeah. I don't know. It's Feb 5. If they really don't want to come here, when do they plan on telling the Bears and everybody else? Like, listen, Chicago, you, you've never drafted a quarterback. We just don't want it. We don't want to come there. Instead, they're calling Colin Coward, yelling at him, stop painting us as anti-Chicago because it ain't true. So when do we get the friggin' truth? When he picks him. <laughs> when the Bears oh. take Caleb Williams number one. Can you imagine? Yeah. Well, you wouldn't. Uh, you don't go through that scenario where you trade. Once you pick a guy, I never believed Baltimore had any leverage at that point when they got Chris Hinton back. And Chris Hinton was a great player for yeah. for them when they you know got rid of Elway. Yeah. Phillip Rivers did perfectly fine with the Chargers, right? There were no issues with them. They didn't have any complaints. I'd argue Phillip Rivers was a better quarterback than I, Eli Manning uh, you, was. You, and I think you'd I'd argue that, because you'd be right. I'd be winning that argument 99.5% <laughs> of the time. Not, I mean, come on. Right. You are 100% right. right. So, you know, he just wanted to be in New York. Uh, you got to have a goober, I guess, in New York. Otherwise, you can't live. Even though he is goober light, goober junior. Goober light. Yeah. Still goober nonetheless. Uh.
I'm trying to look like I, I don't and I'm just on his Wikipedia page, like trying to see if it gives you some sort of a timeline. Some like, indication. Yeah, Wikipedia doesn't say I'm reading an article from CBS with Eli. It's an interview. Yeah. It's going through the reasoning why they decided to go away from San Diego. Is there any? Uh, like, but it's not really saying when they made that. They declared that right. when timeline. they made it public, when we yeah. all knew. Like, I don't know. I don't. Was it right before the draft? Was oh, it- here we go. Here we go. Uh, just days before the draft, Oof. Manning's agent told the Chargers, Chargers that Eli would sit out the entire 2004 season. Oof. Hold on. The, uh, the ad took over the screen. <laughs> don't you love it when that happens? Uh, if the team drafted him with the first overall pick, the Chargers ended up ignoring the threat, and they decided to take Eli with the top pick anyway, although Manning then forced the trade to the oh, Giants wow. so it was less just, than an hour later. Just days before, huh? So days before. Wow. The week of the draft is when his agent told the Chargers that if you take Eli Manning, he will not play. I hope we don't get to the Monday before the draft in the last week of April. Well, and- let me ask you guys this. Oh, Why- no, you'll have an off-season of moves already. Why yeah. would his camp put out there and and try and put out the fire from last week if they seriously didn't want to be here? You see what I'm That's saying? A, like, why, yeah. would, why would they even make the call to Colin Coward to be like, hey, you're wrong. We don't want to be anti-Chicago. If anything, wouldn't they sort of drop just it say more nothing. to national people and just kind of be like, hey. Just say nothing, yeah, right? Just, like, don't just let it be out there. Like, I know that part of it is like they want him to be uh, liked, right? Like, they, they don't want him to be to appear as, as if he's a, a bit of a um, yeah. diva. Yeah. But why would you even say anything if that's what you were thinking? It's a fair point. I hope we don't get to Monday, the 22nd of April, which, by the way, is Earth Day and Passover. And we find out, uh, don't draft him. He's not going there. 312-332-ESPN is the number. Ring us up. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. You know, there's just a lot of, like, speculation and conjecture right now. There was actually, like, a little bit of Bears, I'd say, more news over the weekend, Yurk. And it's about the stadium. Wake me up when it... When September is like, wake me up when you decide. All right. I thought the minute they tore down Arlington Park and they wanted to invest money in tearing it down, the guess who paid for that? The Bears paid for that. They tore it down. Uh, They haven't gotten relief for property taxes over there because there's no business there. There's no function there. It's just an empty plot of land right now. Just land. So I, you know, once they tore it down, I said, you invested enough money in everything where you... Let's build. What are we waiting for? But with the new mayor in town, and his name is Reggie Hammond. <laughs> no, with the, with the new mayor in town, uh, things have changed for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, they didn't like dealing with Lori Lightfoot's office. Uh, Maybe it's a little bit better with Brandon yeah, Johnson. did? This is from Cranes over the weekend. Though this game is far from over, multiple sources in government and close to the Bears say building a new stadium in the city is not just a lever to extort better tax terms from Arlington Heights, but the real goal. Though the White Sox have dominated the city's stadium news lately, the Bears, in their own way, are about to make even bigger news. The story is that after serious flirtation with moving to the suburbs, and in particular to Arlington Heights, going so far as to purchase and demolish 
Arlington International Racecourse. The team has quietly but surely made building a new home in the central area of Chicago its focus. If the team gets its way under plans that could go public soon, it will get on the parking lot just south of Soldier Field a brand-new state-of-the-art domed stadium, one capable of hosting not only the Bears but Final Four basketball tournaments, Super Bowls, and other big events that have tended to skip Chicago for lack of a suitable venue. The deal would be financed, at least in part, by tapping a unique bonding clause in the law that governs the Illinois Sports Facilities Authority, a clause that expires at the end of this year, informed sources say. And if I read the tea leaves right, Soldier Field would be largely converted to public parks and athletic fields, a step that could ease legal difficulties over building on the lakefront. That's a big change for a team that only a year ago plunked down $197.2 million to acquire the Arlington Park property, but it's real. I mean, Cranes is making it sound like, hey, this is happening, and be on the lookout for all the news that's coming. In But what land are they using? The South Lot. So that's where the old Michael Reese Hospital was? No, isn't Michael Reese down no, south? The, the, the 31st? South lot. The, like literally like the, the parking south lot. lot. It would be in the shadow of Soldier like Field. Waldron, and and the it's been parking deck is It's there. also been suggested, yeah, just south yeah, of that. South and of then it. also that piece of McCormick Place, they, they don't use they that don't anymore. Use it. The new building's so across would, the street, right, Chris? Yeah, so they would probably knock down what's standing. Yeah. That a lot of people, like, if you park at 31st Street, you have to walk underneath, underneath all of that. It. Yes. That would all be eliminated. Correct. There's a lot of things getting knocked down, fellas. That's, That's what, what I'm it looking sounds at like. right now. A lot of things will be knocked down. Where, where, where are people going to park? Yeah. Because uh, uh, the way I, I hear this, Carmen, is outside of us going to a game and not having to wear a jacket during the game in the winter... What's the real benefit for a fan that's going to be traveling well, it, to this congested area with no way to get in and out it, and no it, parking? It doesn't solve any of the problems. Exactly. The way the the, 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 the the geographical location makes it very hard to get in and out. And then now you're going to eliminate more parking? You're not knocking down Soldier Field. Right? There's no there's no talk of Demolishing soul, or is there? Well, that's what they're saying is that it would be turned into a park, and that's and maybe maybe you build in more of a parking structure. I don't, I don't. The thing that you just built, but this says it would. The thing that you just built twenty years ago, (laughs) you want to tear it out. Well, it says it would be largely converted to public parks and athletic fields. Yeah, Not, not. Oh, you guys told me this. Soldier Field lost its landmark status. Yeah, 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 a while ago. So they can knock it down. When they put the spaceship on it. Yeah, Boy, they oof. they used it so they couldn't do what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. and then when they did what they were, you know, they could so they do. They can't knock it down. They said the hell with it. It's not a landmark anymore, and now they can knock it down. And those special little columns that everybody was so sacred in twenty in two thousand two thousand one two thousand and two. Mm. Now you can right knock it down. Daniel Burnham's vision is dead. If it was ever alive, it is <laughs> it dead. It was alive. Of course it was. Yeah, my ache and Panachkis. For a long time it was. Well, there you go. I mean, I'm looking at the land right now via the satellite on my Google map, you know, which I love, guys. You know that. It is my want to look at a Google map every single day if I could. It's okay. You can get the hell out of here. Thank you. I'm looking at it. Yeah, past the Waldron deck. You got South Parking Lot. Then you got McCormick Place. Yeah. So you can build it anywhere there. I'm looking at the footprint. You really could build it on the south lot if you wanted to. But you've got nothing around it then. You've got zero amenities. You don't have a team store anywhere. 
You know what I'm saying? And you're the, that, the, the that thing little... you were supposed to build in Arlington Heights that was going to yeah. create all this revenue for the right. Chicago Bears. That dream is dead, and that sliver of land is thin. Oh, it very it's thin. Very break it down thin. because like the, the harbor is there. Like yeah. you're, it's you're, very thin. You're not yeah. kidding. Like where are they doing this? I don't. And where is your parking? And they're like, how are people getting it? Around Lakeshore well, Drive. Listen, don't like, you have the trains dumping off somewhere in here? Yeah, but... I know where the South Shore but runs. But you know most people drive, the tailgate. I don't know, it just seems... It seems like geographically it's so hard because of what you're dealing with there. And Arlington seems so perfect because you've got all this land and this space. You've got abundant yeah. parking. You've got a casino partner that you have that could build something magnificent there. You have an entertainment complex that you can build there. Like, so where I, are you I doing asked, that here? Are you doing it like in different parts on uh, the south side, like a, on the other it, side it, of Soldier Field? It, it, south it's got to be enclosed. If you're going to get a Super Bowl, you need yeah. to have a roof well, on it. Well, they did it. say yeah. it would be domed. It yeah. did say that. I asked this question on Friday night. Did Reinsdorf uh, scoop the Bears here? Did he uh, foresee that this was going to take place and he uh, tried to sneak into the uh, 78? He might. Oh. Yes. As a leverage play? Yeah, I'm mm. sure his minions let him be uh, well aware of exactly what was happening well, over at City Hall. My question is, why can't you just build Soldier Field where Sox Park is? See, Abdallah Abdal wants the Sox to go yeah. to the 78, and then the Bears Nobody to take that land. Oh There's but all the, the parking. But the parking is the there. There's right space. There. The Nobody highway's right that. there. Nobody there is the space. to get to, to Sox Park? The it'd space be, is there. harder for Bears because you've got more people coming in and out. Because you're talking about 30,000 more seats. Yeah. Maybe more. But oh, there's cool. fewer dates. But, yeah. right. but there's fewer dates. That's true. Could, but where the parking lot is, you could build a leveled parking lot that has like, you know, like a like a parking garage. It doesn't just have to be a parking lot. You can build a parking garage oh, where the boy. parking lot is. Well, well, that but, way the guys on the first floor really can't tailgate. But Guaranteed Rate does have ample space for tailgating. Yeah, much more than Soldier Field has. I mean, much more. I'm not saying make every parking lot a parking garage. But it is easy. It, it's easy to get in and out of, too. It is. That's usually because there's not a lot of people there. I'll go ahead and make the joke. No, the no, playoff games. Come on, playoff games. It's but, easy. You can go in any direction I, if you want listen, to. It's, for, it's where, easy. For where I live... In the near, you know, western suburbs on the edge of Cook County, I, like getting to guaranteed rate for me on a summer night, even with in tr- rush hour, it's no problem. Carmen, I live in Avondale. I theoretically should be able to get to a Cubs game with ease. Yes. I would rather Go drive to- down to a Sox game because it's easier to get in and out it of is. opposed well, to driving to Wrigleyville. And I mean, think of how much closer the CTA is to yeah, that well, stadium right there. than right it is. There. To Soldier Field. And there are multiple CTAs. You can go to the Green Line. You yeah. can walk a couple extra blocks, and you are at the IIT. You're at the Bronzeville stop. Yes. So you've got the Green Line. You've got the Red Line. I mean, I've got my own little way I traverse. I take the Ken- I take the expressway, excuse me, the Stevenson for a little while. I get off, get myself over to Archer Avenue. I kind of know. Yeah. I know the lay of the land very well. You know the lay of the land. I, for me, I'd be much more willing to go to a Bears game there than I would at the lakefront. Because it is kind of easy. I can navigate it. It's easy. I know how to kind of get through Bridgeport. And- I've had parking at the Waldron Deck. That's nice. I haven't had parking in there. Where I just came down, was going to uh, taxi down. Then I did the 18th Street crossover. That it looks like it's only 100 yards. But when you walk it, oh, yeah. it's like 7,000 yards. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? It's a long go, walk. There's a lot optical, of walk. This is an optical illusion. Almost. Like whoever, whoever you are, wherever you park, unless you're parking in Soldier Field, that lot on the north end, yeah. 
you essentially have a lot of walking no matter where you park going right. to a Bears game. Right. Uh, all right, so this seems to have people fired up every time we talk about it. Like, where should the Bears go? Do you care that much? Do you want them to stay in the city? Are you a little perplexed that they'd spend all that money in Arlington and now they're not going to do anything with it? I mean, they'd sell it. I mean, they might have to sell it at a loss. It's their money. 312-332-3776 if you want to ring us up. Uh, back on this Monday, lots to react to from the weekend, including a bunch of bear stuff. We'll play some more sound from you, uh, for you from uh, the weekend as well. i got a few other things that we kind of want to kick around in terms of what the Bears are going to do and what they're thinking as this uh, ever-important offseason gets rolling after the Super Bowl on Sunday. It's Carmen in New York. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Grab some calls here. People want to talk about the Bears and the stadium situation. Yeah, that Cranes article, we were just reading some highlights from it. Uh, it was in Cranes, I think it was late Friday. Yeah, because Black and Abdallah had a chance to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> With, you know... Greg Hines is the 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 writer, the journalist who penned this, and I mean, they're, they're, Grains is making it sound like All right. you're going to hear about this very soon. This is the new plan, and the Bears are going to build a new stadium in Chicago. This is the way I feel before we go to the phone lines. Whatever you build, wherever you build, build the right stadium this time. Build the right stadium. Good advice. Here, okay, though. where you can have multi events all the time. That's going to last for more than twenty years. Because you know what you did. You wasted people's time building that one over there on the lakefront. That was a waste of time. It's a waste of taxpayer dollars. It was a waste of everything. And everybody that was associated with that should be ashamed of themselves. Okay. Because it's a giant waste of everything. And you ought to be ashamed of yourselves. Amen. Yurko's right. There you go. So build it right this time. Jim's in Joliet. Hello, Jim. Hey, guys. Uh, I got to say, if if Arlington Heights does not get the Bears... This has to be the biggest choke job in the history of any municipality. You got an organization, a business, who spent $192 million to buy something and tear it down to prepare it for the Bears, and you're going to let this dissolve and let them walk away and, and not come meet in the middle? I mean, get it done. And whoever within... Arlington Heights City Council, Mayor, who I don't know who it is. I don't know who's responsible for letting this thing dissolve so quickly, but they need to be taken to task. I, they got to get it done. All right, Jimmy, thanks. They I also mean, destroyed a world-class horse racing facility that has hosted the Breeders' Cup. But it's gonna nothing was going to happen with it anyway. Churchill was done with it. I mean, what was going to happen? You're right. They were done with it because of the casinos they got and their investment they made in the Rivers Casino. Right. There's a whole lot of maneuvering and chicanery going on in the background, including, guess who? Politicians in the state of Illinois. Yeah. So, you know, there was all types of, of, of stuff going on. And when they couldn't get themselves what they wanted and what they needed to be able to compete with states like Indiana, Kentucky, and others around the country, they couldn't compete with horses and purses and this and that. That's when they killed the, the horse, racing industry, horse racing industry for Arlington Park. They're still doing it at Hawthorne, thank heavens. Yes. But if you looked at the purses there last night, they ran a harness yeah, there? they ran harness. Total purse yesterday? $57,000. for Spread across a bunch spread of Spread across 11 races. 57000 You know what it was at the other? Harness track running in America yesterday? What? $212,000. Where? 
I, I've got to go back and look at the Is track. that right? Yeah. So tell me, if you're a horseman, where are you moving to? What are you going to do? Because that's how, not unlevel, but that's how difficult it is to compete in a horse racing um, horse racing in business in the state of Illinois. That's really sad. And yeah. Arlington was an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous. Belmoral Park went the same way. And they just shut Bell it. Belmoral right Park, they shuttered it, which is like what it must have been the politicians want to kill horse racing in the state of Illinois. That's what they've tried. That's what they've tried to do. They're succeeding at it. Don's in Homer Glen. Hey, Don. Hey, how's it going, guys? Really enjoy your show. Thank you. Thank you. I- I just say, hey, for all the time they're taking, what about is, if Navy Pier isn't a landmark? Why don't we fill in some space there and <laughs> build something there? Yeah, concert hall, everything, football, everything included. You know, you Na- know, take Paradise and make a Soldier Field <laughs> into a parking, uh, parking lot. lot. You know, turn yeah, Soldier and, Field and, and just shuttle lot. people. You know, all the way. You know, not all the way. That ain't that far. I think. I think though, Don, and we got to run, buddy. Thank you. I think Navy Pier is a landmark, right? Doesn't Navy Pier have landmark uh, status? I don't, how do I know? I think Navy Pier generates a fair amount of revenue as it is, doesn't it? With all the nonsense they've got going on over there, all the tourism. I mean, it's like one of the most visited places in Chicago. I think for tourists, Who's, uh, Wrigley Field or Navy Pier, who who has more visitors? Hmm. I'm going to say I mean, Navy Pier. There's there's a ranking. You can no, go find yeah. it. I, absolutely, know? there is. Great America. No, I would say or Navy Pier. Great America's too far, right? I mean, people come to Chicago to go to Great America. They come to Illinois to go to Great America. Do people? Does Sylvie travel to Ohio to ride the That's Beast? True. I mean, you, you know, you, you've got all types in Chicago. Hold on, let's see. Nearly nine okay. million people visit Navy Pier annually. Nine million. According to NavyPier.org. That's, that's a pretty lot. good chunk. I, I just Googled it, too, just to see. I'd want to go by the official it's numbers, there, not Navy Pier's numbers. Those are inflated like everything in the government. I don't know if you take that. This is a website called Tour Scanner. So I don't know, York. Do you want to know the list for Chicago? Millennium yeah. Park 1. Okay. Field Museum 2. Navy Pier 3. Okay. What's next? Uh, the Riverwalk Art Institute. The Riverwalk. Is, Art I Institute work here. Park? If I go to Riverwalk, I'm a visitor. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know how they track point. this. Exactly. The Riverwalk, the point. Art Institute is five. Chicago Children's Museum, which is at Navy Pier, is six. The Sky Deck at Willis Tower is seven. Buckingham Fountain is eight. That's a, they got the top eight that just Where, where are the gates for Buckingham Fountain? The gates? Yeah, the gates that i got to walk through so they can tell how many people are at Buckingham Fountain. Oh, get out of here. What kind of joke is Maybe that? Maybe they thing? do like a survey. What I don't a, know. Yeah, what yeah a, it was a surveys course. It was, kidding me? Yeah, it was surveys. Hey, hey the yeah. corner of Michigan and... Uh, <laughs> And Wabash, no, can't do that. Michigan and uh, Wacker Drive is the most visited place in the city of Chicago. Is the rat hole on the uh, list? Oh, the rat hole should be there. What's the rat hole? Come on, you haven't watched the news. Where have you been? What's the rat hole? You haven't seen the rat hole? I don't think so. In Roscoe Village? Maybe, I don't know. It's a big to-do. Is it really? Oh, yeah. It's a big deal. All the kids are talking about it. It sounds awful. I used to live near Roscoe Village. I like it. i got to look up the rat hole. Shed Aquarium 10, Wrigley Field 11, according to this list. Well, right. But at least the Shed Aquarium, you know, because people purchase tickets to go to Shed Aquarium. same for Wrigley, yeah. 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 This is amazing. All right. (laughs) We're back in two minutes. Corner of Michigan, Ontario, most visited. (laughs)